Welcome to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Caravans, campervans, motorhomes and more. It's the place to get hints, tips and impartial advice from the expert himself, Matt Sims. Brought to you by thatleisureshop.com. Join us on the journey with Motorhome Matt. Welcome along to another Motorhome Matt podcast with me, Keith Gooden, and the man that you want to hear from. It's Motorhome Matt Sims. Bless you, Keith. How are you? I'm fine, thanks very much. And you? It's great to Yeah, very well. Very well. It's good to be back. Yeah, weather's getting better. We're back together here in your uh, fantastic podcasting studio. I'm raring to go. We are indeed. You say the weather's getting better. It's raining outside. It's England. We live in England. It's a temperate climate. It rubbish is what it is. <laughs> September's always a good month. Let's have some news first. What's that in your hand, Matt? Um, a coffee. No, the, the other one. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, it's exciting. This is a contract that we've just signed. We are going to the NEC Motorhome and Caravan Show with a stand for the podcast. So for those who are listening to this, who are dipping their toe in the water, what does the NEC show mean to the motorhoming and uh, caravanning industry? Well, every October and February is a huge show in Birmingham at the National Exhibition Centre. And this year it was back after several years off. Uh, in February and we are going in the October show 2022 we have taken a stand and we signed the contract we're good to go it's been sent off today so it's the very first time that a podcast has featured at the Motome and Caravan show Uh, in fact I was asked when booking what's a podcast so we had to explain what we're all about so we will be at the show throughout the week with a stand that hopefully will look a bit like the studio and we will be recording on and off throughout the week, recording some good friends of mine, some industry commentators, some industry peers. We hope to be interviewing members of the audience as well. I mean, around 150,000 people go to this show. It's a big deal. And the other big part that we're doing there is we have taken over the atrium. I'm not going to say any more at the moment, but let's just say when you walk into the show, you will see Motorhome Matt. We have sponsored some big areas at the show. So we're really, really keen on promoting the podcast, raising awareness of the podcast. We've had some overwhelming feedback on how helpful it's been, particularly for people who are new to this, buying their first motorhome, first campervan, first caravan. They've got lots out of it, which has been great. And that's the whole point of it, really. It's you know designed to help inform, inspire and enthuse you as the listener to get out there and go and explore the UK and beyond in your leisure vehicle. And tickets are on sale now for the 2022 NEC. As we record this, they've gone live this week. Tickets sold out for the February show remarkably quickly. People were taken aback that they couldn't just turn up. I mean, for years, you've just been able to turn up, walk in, buy a ticket, and and in you go. No, not anymore. The organisers are expecting the October show to sell out again, and it will sell out very fast. So... Today we're recording this, um, here we are, what's the date today? End of June, isn't it? The tickets are on sale now, uh, so as you're listening to this, quickly get to the to the Motem Caravan Show website uh, and, and see if you can get hold of a ticket. Let's hope they haven't sold out by the time you get to them. So that's tickets on sale at the NEC show. You're going to be there in all your glory. I understand you were recognised in the supermarket the other day. <laughs> I was. <laughs> My other half thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Motorhome Matt. You're you, Motorhome Matt, aren't you? That was exactly what was said with a big point. And I said, I don't know who you are, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> We were in Dartmoor as well, and uh, we were walking <laughs> We yeah. were walking along the River Dart, yeah. and uh, someone else recognised me as well. Funny. Brilliant. It's lovely that people come and say hello. Really nice. They didn't show a poacher and chase you with a shotgun. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I managed to escape that. That's a different podcast. Now, over the last uh, few podcasts, we've been asking you to get in touch and said we're going to be featuring you on this podcast. And that's what we're going to be doing a little bit later on. Uh, Just uh, how can people get in uh, touch then, Matt? Really easily. So we've got this great new feature where you can feature on the podcast. So if you head to our website, motorhomemat.co.uk and forward slash ask Matt, you can record your question. Just hit the orange button. Hit record, listen to it, check you're happy with it and submit it. And we get you asking us a question which will feature in the episodes. So uh, stay tuned to the end of this podcast. We're going to be featuring some of you. This week's episode, the main meat of it is the rising cost of living. It's on everybody's mind, Matt, isn't it? It is. Inflation currently is running at about 9.4%, I think. Scary. It, it's as close to 10% as make, makes no odds. Uh, so it's having a big impact on all of us and how much money we have to spend on leisure and holidays and what we're doing. How is it impacting the motorhome industry? Well, it's an interesting one because... We're seeing in our hire business, bookings are down. Volumes of bookings coming in are down. Inquiry levels uh, at the moment are down. We've looked at it and gone, what's happening? This is not normal. Uh, This is a new pattern. And I've actually spoken to several friends of mine who are competitors, if you like, around the country. And they're all in the same position, that bookings are down. Whether that's because there are more motorhome hire companies than ever, you know, people that have gone and bought a motorhome and they're putting them on these third-party websites for hire, maybe that's a factor. But even some of those platforms are reporting that bookings are down. So why is that? Are people changing their spending habits? I mean, I haven't. I'm not particularly frivolous. I'm not particularly tight. But we are still, as a family, we're still doing what we would normally do. I put fuel in my car the other day, and I was actually listening to a podcast while I did it. So I wasn't concentrating. It clicked off, and I looked at the fuel pump. I won't repeat what I said, but the guy on the other pump burst out laughing. (laughs) I said, I'm really sorry. I said, I've just seen how much I've put in the car. Yeah, and it was over 150 quid. It's a lot of money, isn't it? I, yeah. I, I pulled into a petrol station the other day to do just the same. And, uh, you, you know, you have these self-service pumps now and you put mm. your card in and it says you can fill up to £99. So I did and then put another card in to put an extra 20 <laughs> quid's worth in. It's just a joke. You doubled the value of your car. I've seen it. <laughs> it did, yeah. <laughs> the petrol is worth more. Absolutely. Yeah, You're absolutely definitely. right. So, 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 yeah, I, the general impact on tourism, you're saying it's having an effect, uh, which I thought was fairly unexpected for your business. I thought everybody well, was in for the staycation, but not the case. Well, I think they are, but people, I mean, there's more motorhomes and caravans on the road than ever. Um, you know, sales have been through the roof. I think there's just a bit of a slowdown at the moment. The general consensus is, which I subscribe to, is that there's going to be a you know a huge rush, and it's going to be lastminute.com. And over the last few years, ignoring 2020 where everything changed, but certainly since 2016, 2017, we have seen more last-minute holiday inquiries than ever, and it became a new trend. Um, you know, we transformed how in the hire business we used to work. We used to a motorhome would come back from holiday, we'd check it over, and then we'd leave it for a few days, and it was cleaned just before it went out. We had to change that, and it had to be cleaned as soon as they came back because it could be sat there for a week with no booking, and then suddenly the phone would ring. So, you know, we changed how we operated in as a, as a reaction to this what for us was a new trend, and that, I think that's just now become normal. You know, we have the idea, and the internet and social media has meant you know you can see something, you think that's a great idea. Let's book a motorhome holiday. I didn't know you could hire one. Within a few clicks, you've booked it. 
So I think that's going to happen as a business. You know, we're online, a Motem holiday company, so people can see the availability for themselves and easily make a reservation. And I think that's going to be a trend this year. We hope so. Uh, and as an industry, I mean, I've spoken to eight or nine other motorhome hire businesses, and we're all in the same boat, some more so than others. But we're all working on the basis that, well, inquiries aren't coming in. They always do, and it's going to be last minute. And now that means if you're in that position, I would consider booking sooner, whatever you plan to do, because you know, there's going to be limited availability very suddenly. At the moment, there's quite a lot. Uh, that's going to change. As I say, I'm not really changing my spending habits, so I don't. I can't really understand why this is happening. I think there's lots of rhetoric around why. I think the reality is, you know, when you go and fill your car, you're reminded and mm. go and and get to the till. You know, the shopping basket that's mm. gone up significantly in price. So you know, often for many people, maybe there is you know, more month than there is money. Maybe that's a factor. And of course, people you know, are paying to their energy companies because they're on direct debit to save money. All their direct debits have gone up, and that's a terrible shock. Mine went up the other day from £117 a month to £300 a month for, oh, wow. for dual fuel. Uh, so you know, if that's happening to me and it's happening to other people, again, you like the, the petrol pump and the, the, the till at the supermarket, it's another reminder that you're poorer. Yeah, and in isolation, these things you just kind of go, oh, well. You know, but when they combine, it, it, that's a lot of money at the end of the month, isn't it? It's a big cost. So it's also interesting that in the shop, in the retail side of the market, the leisure industry, there's a real slowdown there as well. And and again, as an owner of, a, of an outdoor leisure accessory shop at thatleisureshop.com, we've seen a slowdown too. And that's been odd. I mean, we're new, so we're a year old right now. Yeah, but we know that there's not fewer people motorhoming and caravan and we know that you know people have gone for it uh, as an option rather than go abroad yeah so so are they just leaving it parked on the drive do you think uh, again lots of rhetoric around why and I, i've spoken to the wholesalers that support us and they are all seeing a slowdown they're seeing some of the big retail brands doing flash sales now you know half price that normally happens in september so some of the bigger brands who, who are big mouths to feed are you know, being forced into a corner almost to run a sale. That's great if you're the consumer. So there are some deals to be had. But wholesalers are not hitting target. And some of that is around supply. So you know, for us, our warehouse is, you know, the guys have a problem. It's full. Uh, we are now suddenly very stocked. And some of that stock was ordered in October. So it's June right now. And we've waited you know, seven, eight months for it to arrive. So lots of businesses, I mean, we're tiny compared to you know, some of the big household names. But you know, we're seeing that we're not quite overstocked, but there will be big players that are. And of course, as soon as it's delivered, you've got to pay for it. And so that creates a cash flow problem for these businesses. So, you know, they're saying, oh, I want to hold back. I'm not ordering any more. You've just delivered me 100 of those. I don't want another 100. Let me sell those first. And we're seeing a bit of that. It you know, means we've got lots of product to sell. So it's industry wide. There's no pattern for this year. That's the general cons- consensus. Uh, and we're kind of making up the rule book as we go this year. So we'll see what happens. You know, perhaps let's revisit it in, in October and see what, how the year has gone. Yeah, political party during the week uh, started talking about backlog Britain uh, and how things are being delayed. And maybe this is another sign 
of that is rhetoric that is a slogan but it is. Th- th- there's a grain of truth in there and, and also people going on holiday we know that uk uh, tourism is booming but people are using up their uh, vouchers from uh, holidays they booked say two or three years ago i know i, I am this year hopefully fingers yeah. crossed if my flight's not cancelled well yeah that's that's the thing isn't it that's rife at the moment i mean my 20 year old daughter just completed her first year at uni off on holiday with her friends to Greece, all cancelled. EasyJet said, "Nope, we're not. Fl- we're not putting the flight on." So you know they're having to rebook. One of our own team, her holiday has been cut short. Flight cancelled. So the first few days of, of their holiday is gone. So they're going to fly later. And you know this is happening for everyone. I'm off to Spain. My one of my other daughters has just finished her GCSE, so we're off. You know, as a, as a well done because she worked so hard, and hopefully. I'm taking her away for for four nights. We'll see if the flight happens. And what um, they're doing when they're cancelling these flights is they're not, they're not cancelling in both legs and saying you have to rebook the whole holiday and here's some compensation. They're cancelling one leg of the flight. And so the return leg still stands. So you've still got to get out there first yeah. on a delayed flight, but you're returning at the the, the the booking that you made earlier. So you've got a shorter holiday and it's more uncertainty, isn't it? It is, yeah. And, and certainly in the higher business... We are seeing people coming in saying, you know, we're seeing the pictures of all these queues at the airport, you know, hugely crowded airport terminals. We we just don't fancy it. They're not going to go for a foreign holiday on an aeroplane. And they're coming in talking to us about, you know, possibly doing a motorhome holiday this summer. And as I say, they're coming in now to talk about going away next week, next month. You know, normally people are booking for next year at this point. And and it's not, it's all short term. And we were joking about the weather at the beginning of this, weren't we? But, you know, September, I did make the point, September in this country does tend to be a bit of an Indian summer, doesn't it? So there's still plenty of time for you to, to book your motorhome or your caravan and have a great Let's time. Let's hope we get an Indian summer, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, we do more often than not, don't we? Uh, you've been talking to somebody, one of your friends, haven't you? I was catching up with a dear friend of mine, Becky. Lots of families, as as we say, are thinking of heading off on a different type of holiday for them. Maybe the first time in a caravan uh, or a camper van. Maybe you know they bought one a couple of years ago and think, well, let's just not fly. Let's stay in this country and do something. But for many families, that's a challenge, particularly if you're a single mum. Becky's husband isn't interested in going in a caravan or camper van. And so Becky took the view, blow it. I'm taking the kids. I'm leaving you at home then. Uh, And she did. And I caught up with Becky. It was back at the NEC show in February, actually. And this is her story. So I'm here with Becky from Caravanology. We've been having a a lovely chat about Becky's journey so far. Caravanology is a YouTube channel. She's been out caravanning with the kids on her own. Tell us a bit about that. How did you end up with a caravan and kids on your own what happened there well I guess as a family we'd gone through tents and decided that was cold and miserable and we hated, hated the pack up so we went into a folding camper then the kids got a bit big for that so we went to a trailer tent sounds a bit mad but actually there was more space and then after that I was absolutely convinced we needed a caravan because it's so much warmer and so much nicer and with all the facilities and so on but uh, my darling husband how can I put this dislikes caravans I'm sorry people but that's the truth after a year or so of of trying subtle you know nice ways to convince him that it would be warm and cozy and lovely I just thought blow it got my checkbook out and decided we were having a caravan and just told him that was that a caravan was for us 
and uh, I towed it with a, a Volvo XC60 for a couple of years gradually came to the realization that it would be even better if I towed it with a VW van or, or a van of some sort so now we're towing with a VW van that's a day van and, and an occasional camper and the little Ariba caravan on the back I guess I started doing that because I thought it was really important to get the kids out in the fresh air and we'd run out of stuff to do locally so I wanted to take them further afield but taking them further afield meant that we had to stay somewhere and I certainly wasn't interested in B&Bs and so on so I thought a caravan would be perfect because it would give us um, our own little space um, we'd have all our stuff with us and we'd all be perfectly well set up and everybody have a space Uh, so that's how we ended up with the caravan You're away with the kids how many kids have you got? I've got two, two boys, uh, and I started taking them away on our own when I think the youngest was about eight-ish and the eldest must have been about 11. So obviously we've been camping all together before that, but, but they were that sort of end of primary school, beginning of senior school sort of age. And uh, I have to tell you, they were an absolute nightmare when, when, when we first started going away because the eldest is, is very particular about things and, and really didn't want to get involved. Uh, and the youngest is, is my super keen, wonderful helper, but he, he does have a habit of running around crazily with the steady winder and it, it did make me panic a bit about the caravan. <laughs> it's a weapon to him. Absolutely. And, you know, they're small boys, so anything becomes a, a, a weapon, right? And uh, so I had one extra helpful one and one completely non-helpful one that liked to just get a chair out and sit in the way. But uh, I'm pleased to say after a bit of nagging, a bit of shouting and a bit of uh, nice cajoling, they are now a very well-oiled team. Did you do this pastime as a child then? Or is this something that's brand new to you? Yeah, so I come from a caravanning family, so uh, owning and running a caravan didn't scare me at all. I was always my dad's number one helper, I guess. So we did quite a lot of uh, trips around the UK, and I think I was about nine or ten when we first ventured into France. Uh, and then we spend every summer, uh, you know, a couple of weeks at least in, in France every year, and it was brilliant. Uh, just so much freedom, and I, I just remember all this, I don't know, relaxed days. Uh, and so I was, I was interested in recreating that for my kids. Yeah. Fantastic. And I know you have, and we've been talking about your passion to encourage other mums to get away with their kids, whether they're on their own or or not. What would you say to mums who are thinking, well, I, I couldn't possibly tow a caravan not something I could do. What do you say to those people? Sometimes we just have to put our big girls' pants on, don't we, and just get on with it. I I was absolutely terrified. I can tell you the first time I actually towed the caravan. I towed our our folding camper before, but that's a relatively small trailer, so I was absolutely petrified. I can tell you. I I don't often get scared, but I was shaking when I I pulled off of the lot with the caravan the first time. What I did was literally just go 15 minutes down the road to the nearest campsite. First off, to check everything worked, but also... Uh, just to get over that uh, scary moment I had to go on the motorway which actually sounds scary but I think I think that was quite sensible because it's a long straight road you don't have to think about corners or anything else so that worked out really well so girls just do it I mean it's great being out and about and you get this amazing sense of accomplishment I think if you if you just sit around in your house thinking what could have been then then you you just worry about these things so I, I think just do it it's going to be probably very scary at first if it's not scary then probably it should be scary you're not worrying enough um, but you'll get the hang of it within 10 15 20 minutes just just you know watch what the caravan's doing and take one of the club courses or, or go and have a couple of hours with a with a, a trailer driving instructor which will give you huge peace of mind 
because running a caravan these days is really easy. They're much heavier than they used to be when I was a kid. I mean, our family caravan, my dad and I could push around no problem uh, to get it into its parking space. But these days, they're also heavy. Get a motor mover on it so that if you get stuck, just unhitch the thing um, and motor mover it around. In fact, one day I got stuck in a, a, a Lake District country lane. It was an absolute nightmare. It was sleeting. It was the middle of winter. And the sat-nav cut out and we lost all phone signals. And I'd, I'd followed a wrong turn somewhere coming out the, the back of uh, T-Bay service station. And we just ended up on this pokey little country lane. And it was getting thinner and thinner and thinner. And there was no way I was going to be able to reverse turn the caravan around. So I just thought, right, blow it. We just need to go back. So I parked the car, unhitched the caravan, just enough room to spin it in the road and then park it literally in somebody's gateway while I put the, while I moved the car past um, and then just rehitched it again. And, oh, the kids were hangry at that point. Hangry. Hangry. Yeah. They were really hangry. You know, it was coming up to dinner time. They had little tums. We'd been on the road for quite a long time because we were um, on our way to Scotland actually that time. I've never felt so depressed and annoyed. And right at that moment, the, the eldest who's really not known for his fondness, comforts, expressions of love, shall we say. He turned around and he said, Mum, we know you can do this. You've got it. And I nearly cried. I really did. It was just wonderful. <laughs> and he's, ne he's never expressed any other fondness or gratitude or, you know, admiration since. But I remember that moment forever. I bet you do. Yeah, of course. And so you should. Well, that's fantastic. And, and of course, the kids love being away in it, don't they? You're giving them some great memories, as you have of for yourself from your own childhood um, I think it's fantastic so mums if you're listening Becky's advice is just do it is that right that is absolutely perfect just just get on with it you can overcome any problem there will be problems but you know just have faith in yourself that you can do it brilliant and we're here at the NEC show as you can tell by the noise if you're listening and and Becky mentions the caravan towing courses they offer them here at the show for free don't they they do indeed. I've seen quite a lot of people out and about, white faces to start with, but the, <laughs> the smiles seem to come on in the first few yards. Uh, so I think it's a fantastic thing that you can do at the show. Really, really important. And it'll give, it'll give you that faith. It's certainly something I was worried about um, before I ordered ours, uh, mainly because I was, I guess I was sort of leading the purchase and I was panicking about, you know, do I go for a huge, long, great big caravan or a small, short one? You know, does it really make that much difference in terms of towing? So do come to one of the shows and do have a go at the, the towing tuition because I think that'll give you a lot of peace of mind and help to really focus your decision. Brilliant. Great advice. So where do people find you, Becky? Tell us again. So they find me at, at Caravanology on Twitter or my YouTube channel is Caravanology with Becky. It's the Motorhome Map Podcast. I'm Keith Gooden, but our expert, as usual, the man who knows everything about motorhoming and caravanning, it's Motorhome Matt Sims. I don't know about everything, Keith. <laughs> Definitely not everything. Now, Matt, we've been asking people over the last few podcasts to get in touch with us and ask questions of you, put you on the spot, and that's exactly what's been happening. It's been great. It's been great. You can do that. Just go to motorhomemat.co.uk forward slash ask Matt, and we can get your voice on the podcast absolutely leave your name and uh, where you're from as well because we always like to give you a big plug first of all we've heard from rebecca haven't we here she is hi matt rebecca here we've just bought our first camper van and we are very excited we bought it from a dealer two hours from our house and my question to you is do we go ahead and get any extras fitted for example, television or Wi-Fi, with the dealer two hours from our home, or do we get it done closer to home? Love to know your opinion on that. 
So Rebecca says, should she get it fitted at the dealer mm. or get those extras as a, an after sale? As a- yeah, good question. Thanks for that, Rebecca. At the point you're buying it, there's an opportunity to negotiate the cost of those extras into the deal. It sounds like Rebecca hasn't done that. Um, and so there are going to be an after purchase extra. She's purchased two hours from home. Now, for many of us, that's normal because there's not a dealer that's selling that motorhome. You have to travel to go and get the motorhome you want. So there may be a reason to get it done at the dealer for convenience. So you can pick it up, test everything, and away you go. But what happens if there's a problem? That would mean potentially you're driving all the way back to the dealer, which can be hundreds of miles, fuel costs, as we were talking earlier. That's going to be a big expense. So... I think things that are invasive to the motorhome where you're drilling it and cutting into it would be a good idea to have done at the dealership because they are potential warranty impacts. So if there's down the line, there's a water leak where a television area or satellite dish or something was fitted to the roof, that that's going to be a warranty claim. And then you've got some recourse with the dealer that did it and they would be on site to help you rectify that. If it's something you know, lighter that is less invasive to the motorhome that you want to have fitted to so a television to a TV bracket or just a TV bracket inside the motorhome, for example, and you're not brave enough to be drilling the wardrobe to mount the bracket on and you want someone to do that, then there are lots of mobile engineers that will come to your home and do that type of job. So there isn't really a wrong answer or a right answer to this. It's, it's going to be what suits you. My, my advice would be, as I say, if it's invasive to the motorhome and there's a risk of a warranty breach down the line or warranty claim, should we say, then it would definitely be worth getting the dealer to do that for you. Would the dealer give you a better deal than having it fitted maybe some weeks after you got delivery? Uh, they might do. They might do. I mean, there's then less, I guess they would be less motivated to do that. You know, at the point you're buying the motorhome, you say, oh, I, I want to add a, a Wi-Fi aerial to the roof uh, and a bike rack then there's an opportunity to have a negotiation where they're included for free or, you know, you buy them at cost and they fit them for free. So, you know, that would be the time to have that discussion prior to purchase. It doesn't sound like Rebecca's done that. So she's bought it and she's adding extras now after the fact. So, I mean, you could go back and, you know, the dealer may be keen to do a deal on those bits and pieces. You know, Rebecca's question is more about do I get them fitted at the dealer or, you know, afterwards at home? Really, that's going to be about convenience for her and and also for the dealer because they might not have the parts you need in stock. So, you know, if it's going to delay your collection, you might think, I'll blow it, I'll manage without a bike rack. I'll just put the bikes in the garage or walk um, and not take them and we'll get it fitted, you know, when we can get one down the line. There you go, Rebecca. I hope that's answered your question. There are warranty issues to keep in mind, but there's no reason why you can't retrofit, but also press the dealer for a good deal. As Matt was saying earlier in this podcast, you know, things are a little bit slow at some dealers at the moment, so you never know what sort of deal you can negotiate for yourself. Mm, that's right, yeah. You know, Rebecca's point about driving 200 miles, I know people that have driven way further than that to get the motorhome they want because you know supply is thin. Yeah, but fuel wasn't £2 a litre. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So who are we hearing from next then? I was listening to a piece about wild camping, but I don't agree with your allowing them to empty the cassette into a toilet. If this was allowed, why does motorhome campsites have the disposable emptying points? Other people have to use the toilet after you empty your cassette. 
So an anonymous question there, Matt. Mm. So when we talked about wild camping, we talked uh, on many occasions about uh, wastewater. Emptying your toilet cassette down the toilet thinks it's antisocial. Well, I guess if you make a mess, it's, that's pretty unpleasant, isn't it? I mean, it's going to be predominantly a bluey-green fluid that's going down the toilet. I mean, it, it's a valid point. The reality is the motorhome emptying points for toilet waste are linked directly to the same pipe that the toilet's linked to. So whatever the reciprocal is, it all ends up in the same place, whether that's into a septic tank or into the main sewer. So I guess the piece really is around, I mean, I suggested if you're travelling off-grid and you're not able to get to a campsite, always go into a campsite and enter, always try and empty down a motorhome-specific waste point. That would be my advice. But if you can't and the cassette is getting full, you need to empty it. And you know, my point in the Wild Camping podcast was don't go emptying it in a river or under a tree or into a ring, for goodness sake. I mean, that was just that's horrendous and totally stupid. At the worst case, empty it into a toilet. Now, you know, dragging your toilet cassette through a motorway services is going to get frowned upon. That may be your only option. I wouldn't recommend trying to do that. But if there's a toilet you can get to where you can empty it. When we get home from a trip, if the kids have gone to the loo or we've gone to the loo in the camper van, we empty the toilet cassette down the toilet. And my advice is aim it on an angle so that it goes round the bowl and down rather than straight in because it will splash back at you. But you can do it without making any mess. And our motorhome hire team, people will always come home with cassettes that need emptying uh, because they've you know, not followed our advice, emptied at the campsite or they've used it on the journey home. We ask them to empty it when they get back down the toilet. Now, we have a disabled loo where there's plenty of room and we... we talk them through doing it safely so there's not lots of splashing and afterwards just flush the toilet wipe it round if there is some splashing there's there's no reason why you can't do it at all and just clean up after yourself and be aware there is a mixture of chemicals and waste isn't it it's chemical and waste but you know you'll leave the toilet with a blue tinge to the water that it's the same way as you've put toilet cleaner down the down the toilet um, and the chemical that goes down, this is the important bit. If you're emptying it down a loo that's going to go into a septic tank, it's really important that you use the green biochemical, so the green version of the chemical, because the blue, the blue stuff, will upset that biological reaction in the septic tank. So you, you ideally you know where it's going. Check, check with the toilet owner. We would stayed at um, Two Bridges on Dartmoor. Their toilet system is a septic tank. Their fresh water is their own feed as well they're so remote so it's really important you know that you're not putting waste down the toilets in the hotel bedroom at that hotel because that is going to you know block the system and upset the septic tank so ask the question and make sure you're emptying it in, in accordance with that so with a septic tank if you've been it's green no poo if it's blue <laughs> uh, now if you want to get in touch with us it's very easy to do that how do we do it matt head to the website motomat.co.uk forward slash Ask Matt. And if you are too scared to record a message, you can fill out the form uh, and type your message to us. And do leave us your name and where you're from. Thanks for listening to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Remember to check back here for more episodes full of hints and tips and helpful advice. We'll see you soon for another Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with thatleisureshop.com.